1: So we want to welcome you again and uh, get, invite you to get your Bible and and study along with us. Our purpose here is to help you to understand and enjoy the Word of God for yourself. You know, when you look around the um, the landscape of uh, of Bible study in Christendom, everybody you know in the Christian faith professes to believe the Bible. Professes uh, more or less to go by the Bible. It's our textbook. Uh, the great. Protestant statement through the years is that the, the Bible is the uh, sole authority for all matters of faith and practice. Now, most people don't, don't uh, abide by that. Some people make the Bible their, their, their uh, uh, well, one of their authorities for what they believe. Most people don't make it the authority for what they practice and certainly not the sole authority for what they practice. People like to, you know, put circumstances and emotion and tradition and scholarship and and, uh, what Grandma taught them and all that stuff in, too. But what we're trying to do here, what our purpose is, is to help you to understand God's Word for yourself so that you can stand on your own two feet spiritually like an adult in the family of God and know for sure where you are and what you're doing spiritually. Uh, well, you can grow up and to be an adult and and serve the Savior, based upon the a full understanding, an adult size understanding, of uh, of who you are in Christ, what He's doing, and your part in it. Ephesians chapter one, he talks about He's predestinated us to the adoption of children. The term adoption. In the Bible, it's not—it's not like the word we use. It, the word "adoption" in the Bible is to be placed as an adult in the family, and what God wants for His children, those that are born in His family, is to be adults. And you only get that way through an understanding of God's word. And when you look about, you look about the uh, on the scene of Christendom. It's fascinating. In Galatians chapter five, Paul tells the Galatians, he said, "If you're not careful, you're going to bite and devour one another." <laughs> and that's—you look around Christendom, and boy, you see people biting and devouring one another constantly in family feuds. One of the great areas of uh, of argument, division, contention, aggravation is the topic of baptism. I remember years ago, a man told me, says, Ricky, if you ever want to get a fight started, you just bring up two topics, one or two topics. Either bring up the topic of predestination and election, or bring up the topic of baptism. And in any group you're in, you can get in a fight over election and predestination, or you can get in a fight over baptism. All you got to do is bring them up. J.C. O'Hare, back in the uh, early middle of the last century, um, pastor at a great church in Chicago, North Shore Church, and uh, he he used to say, he wrote a book entitled Religious TNT. <laughs> and what was it about? It was about baptism. Because if you want to get a fight going, the topic of baptism will get it for you. Because every denomination, every branch of Christendom has a different view about baptism. And it's easy to understand why that's true when you begin you come to the scripture People say, we're just going to speak where the bible speaks and silent where the bible's silent well that's a good idea but if you don't rightly divide god's word that's going to only cause more confusion for example ephesians chapter number 4 verse number 5 paul says there's one lord one faith one baptism there's only one lord there's not 30 or 40 different for, for the believer there's only one lord now there are a lot of lords in the world Okay? There are a lot of gods, the God, Lord's many and God's many, First Corinthians 8, talk about but they're not the real one. There's a, for a believer, we understand there's one true God, and there's one true Lord Jesus Christ. There's one faith. There are a lot of different denominations, there are a lot of different doctrines, there are a lot of different religions, but there's only one true faith for the believer. And there's only one baptism for the believer— There are a lot of different ideas. By the way, in the Bible, there are a lot of baptisms. Did you know there's there's at least 12 different kinds of baptisms in the Bible? For example, Matthew chapter 3. Here's three in one verse. Matthew 3.11. John the Baptist is talking. He said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. So there's a water baptism. But he that is mightier than me... He that that cometh after me is mightier than me, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. That's the Lord Jesus. He, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. That's a second one. And with fire. That's a third one. So one verse you got water baptism, baptism with the Holy Ghost, and baptism with fire. Three different baptisms in one verse. And Paul says... Well, there's only one baptism. Now, if you wanted to get confused, that would confuse you. Now, if you want to get over that confusion, some people, you know, they take two aspirins and go to bed, wake up the next morning, just ignore it. You can do that, but which one of those are you going to make? Are you going to make the one baptism in the three in Ephesians four or five? Don't run to your preacher. Don't run to your denominational handbook. Don't say, "Well, my church teaches." What are you going to do with it? How are you going to understand? There's one baptism, and then Jesus lists three in one verse. Well, there is an answer to that. The answer is is in understanding how to study the Bible. There's one verse in your Bible that tells you to study it. And I've become convinced that the reason there's only one verse that actually says study it is because that one verse tells you how to study it, and because that one verse tells you the one divinely uh, sanctioned, authenticated way to study it, he doesn't want you to. The Bible doesn't want you to be um, confused about it. Now, the Bible talks about studying other things, but when it comes to studying the Bible, Second Timothy two fifteen, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, when you write to divide the word of truth, you notice what that says. It doesn't say rightly handling, properly handling, properly uh, observing the word of truth. I know a lot a lot of new Bibles say that, but that didn't that's not what the text says. The verse isn't talking about dividing truth from error. Rightly dividing the word of truth means that in the word of truth, in the word of God, There are distinctions and divisions that God himself has made in his word, and you are to properly, rightly recognize, you're to study your Bible, recognizing the divisions and the distinctions between things that God has placed in his word. Now, one of the things, one of the places where this is an issue is in the issue of baptism. Because if there's a place where there are three baptisms in operation in one verse, and there's another verse that says there's only one baptism in operation now, then obviously there there is more than one program in the Bible in, in, in regards to baptism. And if you study baptism by the numbers, you'll see this. Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 11 Lists three different types of baptisms, none of which, by the way, are the ones Paul's referring to in Ephesians chapter four, verse five. Now that's kicking the seat of the pants, isn't it? That means that that's four. But I said earlier there are at least twelve different kinds, at least seven major kinds of baptisms. For example, First Corinthians ten, uh, verse one and two, he talks about the nation Israel, that came out of Egypt through the Red Sea, that they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, nobody, you know, I, you say baptizing, a lot of people go, water, because the only baptism some people think there is is water baptism. Well, when Israel was baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea, 1 Corinthians 10-2, that happened at, at the crossing of the Red Sea in Exodus 14, nobody in Israel got wet. Pharaoh got wet, and him, him and his host drowned. So the dudes in that baptism that got wet were lost. So there's a dry baptism. There's a baptism without any water associated with it at all, First 1 Corinthians 10.2. Here in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, only one of those baptisms has to do with water. One has to do with being baptized with the Holy Ghost, and the other with fire. Now, that obviously doesn't sound like a very good one. Now, to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. To be baptized with fire is what he talks about in verse 13 of Matthew 3, whose fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's talking about when Jesus Christ comes back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's that's talking about the baptism of fire that takes place at the second coming of Christ when he purges his floor of all unbelievers and burns them up with unquenchable fire. He, he rids himself, His his kingdom of unbelievers. That's the fire of judgment that takes place at the second coming of Christ. Now, the first one, if you go with me to Acts, uh, well, the, John's baptism. Let's talk about that a minute. Come over with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number 1 and Mark chapter 16. The book of Mark begins and ends with this baptism. I did baptize you with water, John the Baptist says. Well, what was, what was John's baptism? What was his water baptism? Mark 1 verse 4, John did baptize in the wilderness preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. That's why they call him John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. And he baptized for the remission of sin. He preached to the nation Israel. If you come to Acts chapter number 10, when when Peter, I, I'm sorry, you know, it's Acts 13, when the Apostle Paul is describing the ministry of John the Baptist, Acts 13, 24, when John had first preached before his, the Messiah's coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. Here's a water baptism focused on the nation Israel, calling the nation Israel to repent of their uh, breaking of the covenant that God made with them. And the outward expression of that repentance was the Cleansing the ceremonial cleansing, God told Israel back in um, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter n- number thirty six, how they could be cleansed from their 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 idolatry and how they could be cleansed from their their failure. He said to them in Acts thir- uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter thirty six verse twenty five, for I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you should be clean from all your filthiness. And from all your idols will I cleanse you. That's a ceremonial cleansing from idolatry, from false religion that had come into. They were separating themselves away from all of the false doctrine they'd assimilated into being the holy priesthood that God had made them to be. First Peter chapter 3, when he talks about this baptism, he says it's the answer of a good conscience to God. This was a ceremonial cleansing of the nation. And it was for the nation's repentance, uh, forgiveness of the nation's sins. Now, John the Baptist preached that baptism. Jesus Christ, in Mark chapter 16, when you end the book of Mark, he gives his apostles a commission that they're going to carry out in the book of Acts. And here's what he said to them. He said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel, that's the gospel of the kingdom to every creature, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So Peter sends the, the apostles out to preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, and notice what he says he says way too much for most for most people. He says he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You see, that is a baptismal salvation. You ever heard people say that you had to be baptized to be saved? Sure, you have. If you've listened to. There are a whole host of Christian denominations that say you have to be water baptized to be saved. Why do they say that? Well, Mark 16, verse 16, Jesus said that. He's just telling them what John the Baptist, the baptism of repentance uh, are for the remission of sins. You see. Water baptism in the Bible is associated with people having their sins forgiven. It's a ceremonial cleansing. It, the blood of bulls and goats can't take away sin. Water can't. But it was the expression of the thing that was happening for them. It was separating them. It was cleansing them from disobedience and uncleanness. And they had to be water baptized, Jesus said, in order to be saved. He that believeth not should be damned. If you don't believe listen, without faith it's impossible to please God. Don't make any difference what you do if you don't have faith. But if you had faith, what would you do? You'd do what you're told. Now that's why Peter on the day of Pentecost, when the you know, the men of Israel came to him, Acts chapter two, verse thirty seven, when they heard this, they were baptized, they 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 were pricked in their heart, and said Peter unto Peter and the rest of the brethren, uh, the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? And Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the holy ghost. Now I know that verse gives you know heartburn to, to some people when when they if you if you believe that salvation is by grace through faith plus nothing Jesus plus nothing is everything uh, that verse is a problem because it says repent change your mind about uh, about uh, who you crucified he's telling Israel. Uh, and confess that, uh, that you've crucified your Messiah and be baptized in repentance for the remission of sins. People say, well, they're being baptized because they had their sins remitted. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> people run, you know, use the Greek word, the Greek preposition ice and all that stuff. We call it the ice bag. That's just nonsense. That's somebody wanting to take God's word and make it fit into their denomination, when he says, "Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins," look at chapter three, verse nineteen, Acts three nineteen. Repent, you therefore. Same guy talking, Peter. Repent, you therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be may be blotted out. Listen, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. That's the second coming. You know, when Peter thought they were going to get their sins blotted out, when Christ came back. Acts 2, verse 40, he says um, unto them with many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this underworld generation. You think you can save yourself? Peter did. You see, that salvation is not the salvation you're thinking about when it says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, or by grace you're saved. This is a different salvation. You say, and how in the world can that be, Brother Rick? Because it's a different dispensation. This isn't the program and the order that God has in operation for today. Now you'd see that when you look at Acts two, because when they're filled, with, when they're baptized with the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ baptizes them with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter one verse five, he says, "John truly baptized you with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost." Not many days hence, that took place at Pentecost. Well, Matthew three eleven said Jesus was going to do that. When Jesus Christ baptized the nation Israel, the apostles of Israel, with the Holy Spirit, that's not the baptism that you and I that you and I experienced when when that Paul talked about. When Paul talked about the one baptism, he wasn't talking about water baptism. This for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, Acts two thirty eight. is a problem because. People want to make that be, be baptized, water baptized, so you can get your sins, from, you know, because you have your sins forgiven. But they forgot the rest of the verses, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Acts 2.38, you've got to be water baptized, one, to get your sins forgiven, and two, to get the Holy Spirit, to get the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a—it there, there's it, it, it all fits in Israel's program. But when you—the it's the problem, you don't have a problem until you try to make it fit on you and me. You know what you look around Christendom today and you find? You find about 95% of Christianity today thinks they're Israel, and they're back there trying to promote Israel's program. And even a bunch of evangelicals that know better than that still promote Israel's program. And every time you see someone practicing water baptism or being baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and the gift program, every time you see that, you see somebody, you check it out and see you're seeing someone who thinks they are Israel. And they're using Israel scriptures as the program that they're following. Paul, on the other hand, says, through the fall of Israel, salvation has gone to the Gentiles. And when God set Israel aside, he introduced a new program with a new dispensation and a new apostle. And when you come to Paul, he says, the baptism that you and I have, the moment you trust Jesus Christ by one spirit not by the Lord Jesus Christ, but by the Holy Spirit, are we all baptized into the body of Christ? You see, the baptism today is, is the exact opposite. At Pentecost, Jesus baptized Israel with the Holy Spirit. Today, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus Christ. That's why Romans 6, he says, Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Wherefore, we're buried by baptism into death. Somebody says, well, Brother Rick, that's not water. How in the world would water baptism put you into Jesus Christ? I mean, you know better than that. You know, I know preachers tell you that with a straight face, but you know better. You know to be baptized into Jesus. He's not here. And if he was, you couldn't get in him, except it be a supernatural thing. It's not a natural. It's not a physical. It's not an outward thing. It's It's the operation of God. That's why Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 calls it, the operation of God. Oh, wow, what an idea, <laughs> what a concept. Where God, the Holy Spirit, takes us and places us into living oneness with the Lord Jesus Christ, identifies us completely and totally in Christ. You see the mechanics of getting into Christ, into the body of Christ, by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. The mechanics of getting into the body of Christ is by that Spirit of God putting us there. So supernatural. Baptism. You say, "Well, what about water baptism?" Well, Paul talks about that one time in Paul's epistles. Go through sometime and make a chart. If every time baptism occurs in the New Testament Scripture, Matthew to Revelation, and make a chart of them and 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 put them down as to which ones they are. And you know what you find when you come to Paul's epistles? There is only one reference to water baptism. Here it is, one Corinthians chapter one verse fourteen. I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Now think about that. If Paul had been commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ with what with the post resurrection commission, Matthew twenty eight, where he sent him to baptize, Mark sixteen, where he sent him to baptize, if Christ had been commissioned by what, you know has become known as the, 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 the Great Commission, he would be saying, I thank God I didn't obey the Great Commission. That's the dimension that said, I baptize in my own name. And I baptized also the house of Stephanas. So he did baptize Crispus, Gaius, and the house of Stephanas. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. (laughs) Don't let that get out. The preachers that baptize people and think you should water baptize people brag about it. They list it. They have it. Paul said, I can't, I, I don't, you know, my records don't tell me that. Why? For Christ sent me not to baptize. That is to water baptize, but to preach the gospel. Well then, water baptism wasn't a part of the gospel Paul preached. It sure was back then, Mark sixteen, wasn't it? They go on uh, to preach the gospel to every creature, and he that believes the gospel and is baptized shall be saved. You wouldn't believe and be baptized unless you you were told to do it. Water baptism was a part of the gospel, of the kingdom. That's the reason Peter in Acts two thirty eight says it was. Paul said not part of my message. You see, Paul had a new program, had a new message. And it was, it, it was part of a program that was there before him, but his program his program was not that God's going to cleanse the nation Israel and set them up, up in the kingdom. He'll do that one day, but he's postponed that so that he might do something different. And if you want to understand the clarity of what God's doing, if you want to understand how to answer the, the uh, contention and the fighting about water baptism, it's to recognize that it belongs to Israel and her program it was a means of identifying the Messiah to the nation Israel and gathering that, the believing remnant around him. It has no purpose today. The program today is that by one spirit we're we all baptized into one body. The one baptism by the one spirit into the one body is what our program is. And the only way you're going to see that is by understanding how to rightly divide the word of truth. Can I can offer you a free Bible study. It's entitled, Four Keys to Bible Understanding. You need to understand God's Word for yourself. Don't take it from me. search and see, but use the key that God gives you. And there are four simple little keys that you can understand, you can trust, and you can use to open up the treasure of God's Word, get the profit out of it he's put in it for you, you can do it for yourself. I want to help you to understand and enjoy God's Word. Four Keys to Bible Understanding. You let me give you that that Bible study. I'll even pay for the phone call for you to get it. 888 535 2300. Call me here, 888 535 2300, and you request Four Keys to Bible Understanding, and we'll see that you get your free copy. This is information we want to put into your hands, so we're trying to make it easy for you to get a hold of. 888 535 2300 is the number to call, toll free. You can also, write me, of course. You can use snail mail. We still use the U.S. post office. You can write me here at the Riches of Grace, post office box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's box 97, Bloomingdale, one word, Illinois, 60108. You can write me at that, that address, and we'll be happy to see that you get this, um, this Bible study. Also you can find us on the in the on the internet. If you go to graceimpact.org, one word, graceimpact.org. You can find us graceimpact.org. We have a website there's a contact information, there's uh, actually you can listen to this program once again and uh, and and join us that way. Also on the website you can find how you can access our uh, our services live we, we i pastor a church in the in the uh, Chicago land area and all of our services on sundays and wednesday uh evening are webcast of over our website so you know if you if you'd like to join our our uh, happy band of fellowship around god's word live uh, you can certainly do that. And we have all, all those studies also are archived. So we're trying to make material available to you so you can study God's Word for yourself. You can learn God's Word. And then God's Word can go to work in you and be glorified in you, uh, as as Paul prayed and, and asked that it, that it would be. The easiest way to get in touch with us, however, frankly, is, uh, if not the website, graceimpact.org, is just to call us. 888-535-2300. We have folks that are trained to, uh, to talk with you and help you out of the Word of God. You've got questions, they'll be glad to talk with you. Uh, sometimes people say, Brother Rick, do you, uh, uh, do you take prayer requests? I tell folks constantly that uh, you don't need me to pray for you. You don't need our people to pray for you. You have the privilege of praying for yourself. But if you have questions about the Bible, questions about uh, how God's working in His Word, we'd be honored to talk with you. And if you need uh, some comfort and someone to help you with some comfort from the Scripture, uh, that's that's what we're here for, and we'd be glad to do that. 888-535-2300 uh, is the number to call. And uh, um, graceimpact.org is the uh, uh, website. Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108 is the is the is the, uh, the mailing address. Can I tell you that if you don't have a church to attend this weekend where the Word of God is taught rightly divided and the message of grace is the issue, that you're robbing yourself and your family, if you have one, of a great asset. And I can tell you that right here in the neighborhood, in the community where you live, where you're listening to this radio program, there will be this weekend... Saints that gather together in a local assembly of believers, that and some some of the places where this program is broadcast, because it's broadcast in a number of different markets, there are numerous local churches, but at least one in every place this is this program is is aired, because they're the ones that put the put the program on in your in your community where God's word rightly divided is taught. I'd like to put you in in contact with them if you'd like to be. When you call us, you ask about. The fellowship of saints in your area, and our folks that answer the phone will be happy and in uh, order to to put you in touch with them. The number again is eight 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 five three five twenty three hundred. And it's 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 one of those privileges that you have as uh, as time goes on to learn to work together with, with with other people in the ministry of the local church. By the way, if you're interested in in an study toward not just not just the, the quick way we can study it here but if you if you really wanted to become a, a real serious Bible student and you'd ever just wanted to, to, to be able to study the Bible in depth for yourself, we have a three year Bible study uh, Bible training program called Grace School of the Bible. In School school, the Bible is available uh, on an extension basis, distant learning basis, through the use of of, of uh, uh, the media, and we'd be honored, to, we'd be happy to tell you about that when you when you you call the number. If you've ever wanted to be a student of God's Word in depth, there's a design in God's Word for your edification, and it's a specific design. And the Grace School of Bible is built on that design. So you call us and ask about that, 888-535-2300. We'd be glad to get that information to you also. Thanks for being with us today. Just a privilege and a joy to be, to be here and to have you here when we are. Until we meet this same time again next week.
0: BibleStudyTools.com. Take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app, the word Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The word. A bigger and stronger voice for God's word is now here. 50,000 watts. The new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The word. WTLN Orlando, where faith comes by hearing. Portions of this broadcast hour are pre recorded. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan.